Reindeer. Cheesecake. Finance. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is a random local news. This is uh, from UPI, and it's actually a bear story. Yes. Um, bear cub attacks inflatable reindeer in California yard. Aww. <laughs> There's a video of this, and it is so funny to me. <laughs> so a California woman captured video of a large bear cub brawling with an inflatable reindeer in her neighborhood <laughs> while the bear's mother watched from nearby. Donna Hargett of Monrovia posted the video to Facebook showing the bear cub wrestling with a giant inflatable Christmas decoration in a neighbor's front yard. Uh, Hargett said that this mother and cub bear were frequent visitors to the neighborhood, and she said that bears often come down from the nearby San Gabriel Mountains. And um, I don't know if it was these bears or some bears broke into a bedroom in her home one time, so oh. I guess they, there's like bear sightings are not that weird there. But this was unique, though. So the video... <laughs> It's like, this bear is like legitimately like attacking this inflatable. It's like a, a like one of those giant ones, like yeah, that's like I don't know, six seven feet tall or something like oh, that, wow. like very okay. like a huge thing. Okay, and it's like just like attacking it, like it's just like trying to like bat at its like face and it's like the back of it and stuff, and like knocks it over, and it's just like it keeps hitting it, and the mom is just like standing there like watching it happen. And it's like, but I don't even know if it even really like even punctured it. I don't know if it was just like hitting it or whatever. But That's the a video is like inflatable. Then wow, yeah, I couldn't tell if the inflatable was even damaged. But it was kind of like it was both cute and terrifying at the same time to watch. That's but wow. the reason I'm laughing is because because the video is like the newscasters or whatever, like the local news channel, like talking about it. Just the way they were talking about it was just really funny. So I would recommend <laughs> watching that, but. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of the time that my cat attacked an inflatable pumpkin in my house <laughs> that I had up during Halloween. He did puncture it. Did he puncture it? Okay. I no longer have that inflatable <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, like maybe just animals, that infl- they, they don't, don't like don't inflatable like, things. I mean, he did like, not like that thing. <laughs> when I put it out, he was looking at it real mad. And then, yeah, then I, then then, I, then then I heard him attack attacked it, it and then it was deflated. So. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I don't know what they have against inflatable things, but you know, must be something. Full of hot air. My first story is food news. This is from CNN. Kraft will pay you $20 not to make cheesecake for Christmas. What? I mostly just love this headline. That's um, a great headline. Kraft is using its cream cheese shortage as a marketing opportunity. Uh, for just a few days this holiday season, a limited number of people will be able to spend $20 on dessert and charge it to Kraft, uh, the owner of Philadelphia Cream Cheese. The premise is that people who can't bake cheesecakes because they can't find cream cheese can get another baked good and Kraft will pay for it. <laughs> so basically, you'd like have to... You you buy something it's like some other baked good or dessert or something. Keep the receipt and like send it to Kraft, and they will reimburse you. They won't do it for everyone, so don't get too. Yeah, excited. I was just about to be like, are they just that doing be, this for anybody that sends? That would be very difficult. Um, 
People interested in the offer can visit a special website set up by Craft uh, on December 17th and 18th. Up to 18,000 of them will be able to nab the right to get reimbursement for a holiday treat. Uh, then they'll be able to submit the receipts to the company a few weeks later. So it sounds like this weekend, basically, you can uh, go to the website, which they did not provide here, which is not super helpful. But um, <laughs> I'm sure if you search Kraft Cream Cheese, they'll they'll find something. Um, yeah. So a spike in cream cheese demand during the pandemic has made it difficult to keep shelves stock, according to Kraft, which I didn't I wasn't aware this is one of yeah, the shortages we were experiencing. Uh, last year, with more people baking and eating at home, demand for cream cheese jumped about 18 percent compared to 2019, huh. and it's stayed at that high level in 2021, uh, with restaurants also ordering more of the product, since a lot of them are more open now than they were in 2020, so it's just compounding, I guess. Huh. But, uh, yeah. If you uh, haven't been able to get cream cheese or you just want a chance at a $20 dessert paid for paid for by somebody else, I guess you can you can try getting a, yeah, that's kind of fun. one of those spots. Yeah. $20 not to make cheesecake this year. What a unique thing. <laughs> what to say about that? Like, yeah, the article was like, like, this is their attempt to like keep the, the brand name alive while like not making like people mad that they can't get cream cheese. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it, it's a creative idea. Yeah. I think so. Cause yeah, probably people would be mad if they are trying to make cheesecake or, you know, your classic Christmas cheesecake. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking what else even needs cream cheese, like holiday baking. It's just cheesecake, right? Yeah. That's all I can think of. What else do people <laughs> use? What else do people use cream cheese? Dip. For, uh, other than, yeah, dips. <laughs> yeah. Putting it on a bagel, but that's not like a holiday right. thing. No, that's a, that's an everyday thing. No, we were, There's probably a lot of like dips that would use it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so they want to offset the customer... Yes, the customer anger, uh, anger. at least by 18,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my next story is sports news. Okay, now, Surprise. It's, now, we're, now we're just having sports news. <laughs> now we're just, yeah, I keep bringing sports news, but they're always kind of off the wall things. Yeah. So uh, this is from TheVerge.com. The headline is... Watch these Excel pros duke it out in a financial modeling competition. Okay, does this count as sports news? <laughs> it was a live televised esports event. Okay. <laughs> that okay. happened this past weekend. <laughs> it's more like nerd news. I just this made me laugh so much. I was like, this is incredible. Um, it was it was televised live. It was okay. streamed. I that's live. so sad. And it was it's an esport uh-huh. that I just learned about. T- like this week. Okay. So this past month, Microsoft sponsored esports. E- <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Esports Excel financial modeling competition with prizes totaling ten thousand dollars. Apparently, this is like an annual thing. <laughs> Anthony has his head in his hands right now. Yeah. Um, every I'm just disappointed in society. <laughs> every year, the top Microsoft Excel users. From a, slash players from around the world, like all different countries, it's not just the U.S., face off in the Financial Modeling World Cup, or FMWC for short. I'm never going to need to according use that. To the, <laughs> according to the rules, competitors are presented with a one to five page long case study during each round um, of the competition. 
Uh, and the case studies contain real-world problems along with 6 to 15 questions that vary in complexity. And they're awarded points based on like their ability to answer the questions. Um, and the participants have to use their financial modeling skills to determine the answers. So um, – the, the website actually has like samples of like the what they have to do, mm-hmm. and I looked one up because I was like, I want to look at what this is, you know. Yeah. And so I I downloaded one of the case studies, <laughs> and the the pro the overall problem was calculate the monetary value that a ho- hockey championship fans from all over the world will add to the host country's economy, def- depending on different championship outcomes. So like. It, it was like taking like a country that's hosting like a world championship thing mm-hmm. and calculating how much revenue like that country is going to make because they're hosting that event. Okay. Which was like, okay, that's a kind of a, yeah, that's interesting. I have no idea how I would uh, do yeah. that. Right. So Yeah. I feel like you need a lot more information. <laughs> yeah. So they like, so I looked at like the materials. It was all like, okay, here's like the sport. Here's all the countries that are participating and here's the players they're sending and here's how many fans you can expect to get from each one. And here's the trends from these countries on different things. So you had to like combine all this information and figure out like how much money are they going to spend? Oh, and also you had to like change stuff depending on like who won and like who made it further and, and have it be like dynamic and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, it's kind of complicated. Yeah, it sounds like it would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that case case was actually used in like one of the early rounds of the competition like this year i guess mm-hmm. um so yeah so that's what it's what it's like so they just use excel to like find the answers to the problem like the multiple choice like and then there's like these multiple cho- choice things and it's like how much revenue will the country make if this team wins and it's like one billion five million blah blah dollars this other amount you know what i mean and it's yeah, just like yeah. that so um yeah, so the video, like, there's the the live streams of this are recorded. So uh-huh. if anyone so is bored, you can go watch. The, there's like commentary and everything. Okay, I was gonna ask. It's like, did you <laughs> yeah. watch a little bit of it or? Anything, I watched or? like like ten seconds of it. Like nothing. It's it's like commentators. So it's literally people like commenting as somebody like builds up a, a spreadsheet. spreadsheet. That yes, that's exactly what it is. It's people. It's it's a video feed of a person with their computer working in Excel. What are they commenting their, on? They're commenting on what they're doing in Excel. I don't know. Like, oh, this person just used the sum function. Like, what? Do they get points for style? Like, do they? Does it? Oh, does it uh, matter if it's like visually appealing? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't ooh. think it's just if you get the right answer. That's or not. not the fun of Excel, though. Is is conditional formatting? I agree with you, actually. Yeah. Um, I like to make it look nice. <laughs> yeah. So I watched a little, and they actually had like post, like after the winner in the finals they did like interviews like an interview with the guy and stuff about like how did you feel about this problem and so it was like it was just very please don't use my name i don't want anyone to know i'm here so well i'll tell you so that so the the finals happened um this past weekend okay so spoiler i'll tell you who won it was somebody from australia (laughs) oh no skip Ah. skip 30 seconds ahead if you don't want to (laughs) know it was andrew nagai from australia and his overall point score in the whole competition was 734 points out of a thousand which was like the max if you got perfect everything you get a thousand points okay and he had 734 okay um and he ended up winning the final so nice because he's i guess really awesome at excel and financial modeling i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well very proud i this is apparently this happens every year i was like (laughs) sure never heard of this this is (laughs) hilarious um so yeah if you're listening and you're super super awesome at excel there's like 
championships for that stuff. Yeah, there's money in it. Yeah. Not as much money as Kraft is paying people not to make cheesecake, but you know, it's <laughs> still it's still a good amount of money. Well, if you win the whole thing, you get $10,000. Mhm. And from Kraft you can only get $20. So. Yeah, but they're giving it to 18,000 people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I fine. made a spreadsheet <laughs> while you weren't looking to calculate. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. So two cell spreadsheet. It was something. <laughs> It was just it was just one multiplication. It was, it was just one <laughs> cell done. where I put in the numbers myself. <laughs> My next story is space news. This is from NPR. A NASA spacecraft has flown into the sun's atmosphere for the first time in history. This is on purpose. And and it, it's destroyed and it's, now? No, it's no, it's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We launched something into the sun and it was destroyed. Mission like, accomplished. Isn't that a bad thing? Okay, okay. Yeah, no. This so what is, This was good. This is an intentional <laughs> okay, thing. Okay. Uh, the three years after its launch, the Parker Solar Probe has finally touched the sun. Touched Ooh. was in quotes, but I feel like it did. Uh, in April, the probe became the first known spacecraft to soar into our nearest star's upper atmosphere, known as the Corona. Unfortunate, uh, where it <laughs> where it spent a few hours sampling particles and magnetic fields. Uh, this was announced by NASA on Tuesday of this week. Uh, NASA scientists used Parker to conclude that some magnetic zigzags in the solar wind, known as switchbacks, originate on the sun's surface. I guess we needed to know that. Um, okay. So in turn, the solar wind influences conditions on Earth, which I think we did actually already know that. But there's some aspect of these switchback the switchback phenomenon, I guess, that causes something. Mm. And we're trying to better understand the phenomenon. Um, Because the solar wind that's blasted out from the sun's atmosphere can reach Earth, scientists say learning more about that and other solar phenomena happening 93 million miles away will help them predict extreme space weather events that can affect telecommunications on our planet and damage satellites. Um, So that's the reason we're doing this. Uh, The solar solar probe is able to travel so close to the sun... um, though that's still only about 6.5 million miles away. So it's still quite far from the actual like surface of the sun. Okay. Um, but uh, that's because it was constructed to withstand temperatures of more than 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's how it, how it didn't, that's how like, it didn't explode. explode. Yeah. Slash so just uh, melt. Just okay. melt, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you hate to see it. Uh, the next flyby is expected to occur in January. So it's like apparently like up there, and it's going to be kind of flying in and out of the... Like atmosphere for a little bit, and I don't know what happens after hmm. that. That's I, cool. Yeah, it'd be really cool if it like at the end of the experiment they just flew it into the sun and like sent back data for as long as it possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. And it's just like ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no actual data. It just screams. It's just scre- <laughs> they've they've programmed that function in for some reason. <laughs> Why did we make no, the robots no. scream? <laughs> no one's there to hear it. That's cool. Uh, I I don't know. I always just assume we can't even get anything yeah. even like anywhere close to the sun. But yeah, I that's what I was kind of surprised are. when, like, we flew it close to the sun. I was like, on purpose? Did you? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's an Icarus situation. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like that's why my first reaction was like, did it dis- <laughs> did get it, destroyed? And it exploded. <laughs> no, it, it's it is intended to do this and. Wow. Sounds like it's going to do it a that's few more cool. times. So that's getting, really cool. That's going to get us probably some really interesting, like, unique information that yeah. we've never been able to capture before. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. 
All right, my next story is animal news. This is from spokesman.com, which is just a, a local news station in Oregon, actually. Oh, okay. So this is kind of like a random local news also. The headline is, Friendly foul mouth Crow befriends entire Oregon elementary school before state police are called in. <laughs> Animal control people. But, uh, yes, this is really a funny Story. What was it saying? What was it saying? <laughs> just swear words. Just yes. swear words in an elementary school. <laughs> I love that. If you're going to learn it so, from anybody, I want you to learn it from a crow. <laughs> um, so this article says a friendly, if somewhat foul-mouthed crow became a temporary mascot at Allendale Elementary School in Grants Pass, Oregon, in late November when the bird took up residence at the school. <laughs> The crow, okay, so like apparently what happened is the crow showed up at the school out of the blue one day and it began like looking into classrooms and pecking on doors. I guess it got inside. I don't know. At one point it made its way into a fifth grade classroom where it helped itself to some snacks, landed on some people's heads, and also everyone found out that it knew words and it could say things like, what's up? And I'm fine. And a bunch of swear words. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, those sound fine. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so, and, like, the kids all, like, loved this bird. They were like, this is amazing. Like, you know, like, the kids are just having such a great time with this crow. And then um, the the school eventually called, like, I don't know, like, the animal control depart- department or somebody. And it turns out that this was actually the pet bird of a nearby resident who had owned him as a pet for two years um, after the, that family rescued him from an animal shelter. The crow's name is Cosmo. Um, and... This was a little bit like vague on like how exactly this happened, but apparently he got separated from home when the family was gone for Thanksgiving, and somehow like the bird was outside and a neighbor captured it and took it to an animal sanctuary. Oh. Even though like I guess the neighbor didn't they didn't know what that it was the pet bird. I don't know. But they yeah, took but then, it to a why would you take capture a crow though? Like those are I don't just, know. It's just a those cr- are just in nature. It's just like a bird. Yeah, like just why leave it alone. <laughs> well, because they also the owner apparently was saying that like this bird like the bird like knows that it like it can be around people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was like bothering them. Like it could have gone oh. to the neighbor's house and was actually like yeah. hanging around and like attention. talking that yeah like looking swearing. for attention and stuff and and swearing maybe i don't know like and doing stuff like that and they were like this isn't normal so they they captured it and brought it to a sanctuary and then that sanctuary apparently like didn't know that it was like a pet like a human affiliated bird so they just like released it into the wild because it's a crow yeah because it was a crow <laughs> yeah and then and then it just like was going around and it found its way to the school and just was like this is fun and just like was in the school <laughs> and then but you know now it's Cosmo is back home with the family and everything's all good. But, okay. I'm glad that has a happy ending. Yeah. That is so funny to me though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, can you imagine that? If just, just to be this, in the like, room when it's like a bird flies in, like there's all these children and it's just screaming swear words at them. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure like if you were a kid and experienced that, that would just be like be one the of the highlights of like thing. your school yeah. experience. You would, like, never forget <laughs> that. you would never forget that. No. It's amazing. So, yeah, but this bird knows how to say a lot of things, apparently. Like, all sorts, like, can respond to questions and stuff. Like, wow. I mean, they're supposed to be, but, like, brilliant, so. It's yeah. Like a, they're one of the few few animals that we've been able to, like, teach, like, English to. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's cool. My next story is entertainment news. <laughs> 
This is from The Verge. The headline is, People spent 15 hours role-playing a McDonald's drive-thru on Twitter spaces. What? <laughs> so, so, so Twitter, Twitter spaces is like their clubhouse, like, what is the, oh, the audio, oh, oh, oh. like the audio rooms. <laughs> so yes, the story just keeps getting better. So McDonald's drive-thru, just an audio Exactly. Um, Twitter user Julie, whose handle is the Queen's Bit, spent hours role playing as a McDonald's cashier to an audience of thousands of listeners. Uh, yeah, I think the the post that where she announced that she was doing it was just like, "Welcome, McDonald's. Can I take your order?" So she was just in this room, like asking people this. Um, she said, the author said at the time that they joined the conversation, she was on hour 13 with more than 1,700 people tuned in. Um, she would approve one user at a time to speak as the customer. So you can, like, <laughs> apparently have everyone muted and then, like, unmute one person. Yeah. Uh, and the customer would put in their order, often incorrectly or making absurd requests for food that's not on the menu. One person asked for the cookies and put it in milk in a bowl. And another customer asked for Sprite extra spicy. <laughs> <laughs> And a bag just filled with BTS sauce. <laughs> it sounded like people were getting pretty creative. Yeah. Um, so after nearly two hours of listening, the author had heard, again, this is the author. Um, yeah. Relaying, relaying their experience, which I wish I had heard this was happening because I would have absolutely yeah, enjoyed it. I would have tuned in to um, that also. The author had heard customers threaten robbery, <laughs> order cuisines not normally served at McDonald's, cry over spouses who had left them, and complain about the several hour long line that exists outside of this McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun It's so thing. fun. Like, it sounds like it, the, the article said, like, Pretty much everybody who was like a customer was playing along. Like the 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 person who was hosting it actually was the one who was like every once in a while breaking because she was just like I just missed my therapy appointment, <laughs> 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 or, or like just saying like how exciting it was. There were so many people in the room. Um, so she had originally promised that the space would be a twenty four hour drive through, <laughs> uh, but unfortunately it shut down on Wednesday morning. Apparently it crashed uh, sometime around the fifteen hour mark. Oh. So. Didn't quite make it to 24 hours, but I just think that was it's such a clever idea. Um, it's the only good use I've heard for these like audio chat room things. <laughs> it's the only reason I think they should exist. It's just for joke, for funny joke stuff like role that. Play. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a a new use. Yeah, I approve of it. Apparently, the that's article hilarious. also mentioned there's apparently like a clubhouse room where people just make the sounds of whales. <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> Which I also want to seek out now because that sounds so funny to me. Why? No, I like the McDonald's drive-through thing. It's like a, it's like almost like a, like a comedy sketch where people. Oh yeah, can it's just, like an extended right? improv scene. Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's it's an extended it improv scene. Yeah. It's just so funny. Wow, what a creative idea! People yeah. are so creative. Yeah, I just I hope that this happens again because I, I I wouldn't even want to participate. I just want to listen. Yeah. Same. Like that's a perfect thing to just like have up in the background of like you're doing something else. Yeah, because I think be it would just be so, it, like, just yeah, it would just be so funny. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yep. <laughs> All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. I'll be home for cheesecake unless Kraft pays me off. Ready, set, go. go! 
Okay, this was just posted today on sciencealert.com. The headline is, Mutant Bacteria Accidentally Recreated One of Van Gogh's Most Iconic Paintings. Accidentally? I don't know why they said accidentally, but basically, like, there's this certain type of bacteria that um, this microbiologist at the University of Wyoming was working with and took a photo of it, like, expressing certain, like, wavelengths of light. And that picture of it, Looks like the Starry Night painting. Like here, look, I'll show you. Oh wow! It Isn't does. that fun? It's definitely got the colors down. Yeah, it's like the same. Like you know, and here's you know, I know obviously you've seen yeah. this, but yeah. like the co- the colors are like very similar <laughs> to the Van Gogh Starry Night painting. Um, but yeah, it's just these bacteria that are expressing certain um, like these light wavelengths that just happen to be like the same colors as starry night. And they're like in swirly patterns. So this is just, is fun. I don't know. Um, That is fun. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And then it kind of goes into like, here's the work that they're doing and stuff, but (laughs) we don't care about that. I don't care about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't necessarily want to look at all that right now. (laughs) The reason it's in the news is because like the photos of it are like, Art. I don't know. Yeah. So that's cool. Hang it in a museum where it belongs. You should. Right next to it. Right next to the Van Gogh painting, there should be this picture. Yeah, not so close though that the bacteria like get onto the painting and I don't know what Well, I don't think the would the bacteria be on the photo of the of them? I Uh, guess. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, oh you're saying the photo. I'm saying the photo. I thought like actually have the have the bacteria right there. No. Live art. Put the picture of the Okay. That makes more sense. I mean I, I think your idea is way cooler. I mean, you could have like a thing. You could look exhibit. in a microscope and mm-hmm. you could see the bacteria and it would look like it. And it, that would be nearby the yeah. painting. That'd be cool. Yeah. Reach out to us, museums. Yeah. We, we can't do anything. But <laughs> reach out to these <laughs> we people. We have ideas. Yeah, we have ideas. Yeah. We're ideas people. This is, I found this on nj.com. Uh, and it's a recall. Recall. Yeah, We uh, haven't talked about a recall in a while. Yeah, it actually has been a while. Also, I don't know why we're celebrating it. It's not a good We're thing. not really. Um, it's just it's we've it's just tradition on our podcast that we've <laughs> so we see them. Yeah. We're celebrating tradition, not recalls. Right. Uh Coca-Cola recall, throw away these sodas and juices. They might have metal in them. Which is not something you want mm. in your juices. Mm-hmm. Um if you have a Coca-Cola, Minute Maid, or Sprite product in your fridge, you might want to double check their batch codes as the brands have been subject to two recalls recently. Um, the products were recalled due to the presence of foreign metal objects as opposed to local metal objects, which <laughs> is apparently just, it's apparently fine. <laughs> we just don't want unfamiliar ones we in just, there. Yeah. We're just like, wait a second, we don't know you. You're not from around here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the... The most recent recall was the three Minute Maid products that were distributed in multiple states, including New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, Maryland, North Carolina, Virginia, and Maine, um, and applies to the Minute Maid Berry Punch, Fruit Punch, and Strawberry Lemonade in 59-ounce cartons. Uh, so the article itself has like all the batch codes and stuff. Yeah. Um, they also said certain Coca-Cola and Sprite 12-ounce cans are also subject to the recall due to the possible presence of foreign matter. Again, local matter. We, Local we love matters. that. Okay. We think that's. We think it brings a certain culture, but, the, <laughs> <laughs> but we can't can't have any of that foreign matter in there. It just confuses things. Um, yeah. So, cons- 
consumers with the question, this is kind of an unfortunate phone number, but consumers with questions about the recall should call the Coca-Cola company's consumer interaction center at 1-800-GET-COKE. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe run that one through a couple, <laughs> through a th- couple, a couple of ideas meetings. Uh, maybe, but. I, I'm sure that they, they have to, they have to run into that. <laughs> issue everywhere with the name of their company. Oh, I, mean, I, have, I can only imagine, but that is still just such get an unfortunate. Coke, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even know. I don't know. The number of prank calls they must get. I can only imagine. <laughs> they probably get a lot of prank calls. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> they can figure that out eventually, hopefully. <laughs> that's, that's a them problem. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at, at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.